Welcome back to Because Radio. My name is Nolan Bicknell, and I'm now joined via Zoom by Alexis Nazaravich. She is the uh, program director at the Blue Thunderbird Land-Based Teaching Center. Alexis, thank you so much for joining us today. It's my honor. Thank you so much. I haven't seen you in a couple years, probably pre-pandemic. Uh, you were very gracious to, to host us out there. We filmed some stuff and uh, talked to you about everything that you do out there. So uh, maybe for people who haven't heard of the of the center, just give me a rundown of what you guys do, what, what your sort of mandate is, and, and what your day-to-day operations kind of look like for you right now. Absolutely. So we work in uh, in partnership uh, with Seven Oaks School Division, and essentially we're we're a branch, another branch in the school division. Uh, we are located uh, just inside the perimeter in West St. Paul. We have 49 acres that we care for, and uh, the schools within Seven Oaks School Division see this as an extension of their classroom learning. So essentially, I call it their home away from home. Uh, it's a, it's essentially their classroom. It belongs to Seven Oaks School Division staff and students. They come here, and they uh, this is an extension of their classroom learning. And of course, given that we're on 49 acres that we steward, um, the classroom here is the land. So the context is the land, the text is the land. Um, and so as you're probably imagining, it's, uh, it's about having an experience and having a hands-on uh, experience, a connection and a relationship with this place, which is, uh, um, I think we could get into describing it, you know, in terms of we have uh, 35 acres undergoing prairie restoration. We have food gardens. We have indigenous plant gardens, uh, medicines, and greenhouse, fire pits, a teepee, soon a sweat lodge once COVID lifts, uh, a pond, a toboggan hill, and pathways for walking. So uh, this is a place where students from the division come to to learn in a, in a little bit of a different way. When I was there and you took me on that little tour, it was it was in maybe not infancy stages, but certainly there was a lot of construction. You guys were working on buildings and different areas and everything. So since for the last two years, I'm sure that there's a long list of things, but what has changed and what are you excited about? And is it complete or is, is it never going to be complete? Or what's, you know, what, what have the last two years looked like as far as construction and, and uh, progression in that case? Yeah, good question. Yeah, it's been a busy, busy two years. I think, you know, um, on one end, we can talk about the construction and, and the building of the facilities. And that is, I would say, essentially complete. We have our service center, which services the school divisions, maintenance and transportation departments, all complete. Uh, within there, we have a, a cooperative vocational education building trades program. So that's, you know, that's there. It's been running from that building for the last two years. Um, we have our learning center, so which we, we shortened to say the Aki Center. So our full name. Uh, for this center is Ojawashkwa Anamiki Beneshi Akiyumji Kinimagi Inun, and that's uh, Anishinaabemowin for Blue Thunderbird Land Based Teaching Learning Center. To give it um, uh, everyone a chance to learn the language, we say Aki Center, which is Land Center. So this facility was completed, you know, in the last uh, so two years ago. We've been running from this center for the last two years. Got a fireplace here, a nice open concept classroom, we've got washrooms, places to wash your hands, and we've got a kitchen as well. Um, uh, so that's that's completed. And as well, we've had most recently a greenhouse, a passive solar greenhouse completed. Uh, the teepee is up as well. So in terms of all of those structures, we're, we're fully operational. We've got a garage for all of our equipment and storage. And then on the landscape side, you were probably here when it was mostly 49 acres of soil. Mm-hmm. Soil, just black soil with not much growing. 
Um, and that's been a real change as well. We've got some turf areas just for play and for gatherings. Uh, we've got lots and lots of trees that are, of course, young, but they're here to grow, to give us biodiversity and habitat and shade in the future and some privacy and some shelter from the wind. So lots of trees have been installed. And then on the 35 of our 49 acres, as I mentioned, prairie restoration has started to take place. So uh, what was bare soil now really doesn't look like bare soil anymore. We've got a mixture of indigenous plants and weeds because uh, that's a long-term process, but we have a lot of vegetation on the landscape. So that's a great change. And our pond, you know, which was one, just a, just a big giant puddle with nothing growing around. Uh, it's now in full flush of um, indigenous grasses. And even in the last year, we worked with students and staff to grow Indigenous plants here on site. We grew over 2,500 Indigenous plants, grasses and flowers, um, many of which are, uh, well, all of which are medicinal. Um, and we were, starting, we were starting to increase the biodiversity in, in the areas on the landscape that are starting to establish very well. So where the threat of weeds has been diminished for example, like our pond, we've got a very beautiful stand of grasses, mostly um, many varieties of grasses, but we don't have much other than grasses. So that's where we come in as um, community-based stewardship. We start growing the plants and um, and plotting them in and watering them in and make sure that they establish so that we have uh, increased biodiversity. So in conclusion, you've been busy. <laughs> we've been busy. Yes. Yeah. We've been busy. Good. Well, that's, that's, that's very cool. Yeah, one of the coolest things I remember is you pointing out so many different types of plants and 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 local, you know, flora and fauna when we were sort of taking the tour there. What it what is the response of some of these kids that come through and get to learn about all this stuff and and the local medicines and everything? And how do you see their sort of eyes light up when when they don't have to, you know, sit in a classroom and look at a picture of a plant? They can literally watch it grow from, you know, seed to stem or whatever the saying is. I don't know if that's a saying. <laughs> Yeah, um, well, you know, that's something that I take in all the time, because I think we're so concerned about this being a deep and meaningful experience. And, you know, the question I think we ask ourselves all the time is, if we're really focused on relationships, yeah, how, how does that look when people come for, you know, and they don't usually come for a single visit, if we encourage them to come for multiple visits, because it's hard to have a relationship for them just once, and then for that to be prolonged. So if we're really talking about understanding deeply how the land sustains all lives, whether it's the insects' lives, the birds, the fish, you know, the clean air that we require, the good soil that produces everything that we require, you know, how how does an experience here help us to really deeply understand that, and then to know what we're responsible for? Um, so we don't just take from the land, but we also give back. Um, you know, so it's a, it's a really good question. We ask that all the time. And one thing I'll say is that usually within the first 10 minutes of kids being here, they say, this is the best day ever. <laughs> so honestly, sometimes I'm not sure exactly what it is that they've picked up in the first 10 minutes that has them saying this is the best day ever. Um, but I think it's a few things. When they come into this building, it doesn't feel like a school. It feels like a home. There's like they can see there's a kitchen, there's a fire. They can see see that the structure here is slightly different and they feel comfortable. So some things that we hear kids saying, kids and youth, children and youth, is that they feel relaxed, they feel calm. So those two words come up a lot. So I think that says a lot about sort of the, the hospitality and how we host and how this place looks. Um, and then the other one is that there's, I think, a lot of empowerment that comes with making your own observations. So we 
hear and we can listen. And that's an important way of learning. But Elder Dan Thomas um, says this quite often and it always sticks with me. He says, look, listen, learn, live. We do a lot of listening in school and that's an important way of learning. But we don't always have that opportunity to, to look, to make those observations and looking not only with our eyes, but with our whole bodies, uh, with our, all of our senses and taking the time because an observation and a deep one takes time, right? And there we go back to that relationship that we can't rush these experiences. We can't rush somebody's connection with something. So when the invitations are made for schools to come here and get to know an area or a plant or the garden or a vegetable, it's really allowing them sort of that unstructured time to just be in that space. And there's usually, we try to have few instructions, a very simple goal, a very simple invitation, and then it leaves room for children to interpret and also to turn around and see something else that maybe they weren't invited to, to engage in, but it's not that they cannot. They, they continue to make, uh, I think they make themselves comfortable in the space, comfortable enough that they turn around and they see something and say, what's that? And what does that do? And is that actually a seed? Or what is that? You know, they make these, they, they have questions and they become naturally curious. And it's just allowing them that time to be curious, to make observations, to think about what that might be or what that might do um, and to hypothesize, right? And you find that, you know, this is really the scientific process unfolding very naturally. It's just our human nature to be curious, to make observations, to try to make connections. And uh, brilliantly, what we find is that when we say, well, what does that remind you of? What we then learn is what the children already know. And what I think that does is shows us how much we are already complete and um, how much we already know and how much we can already piece together. So the land is already teaching the students and the, the students are already teaching themselves because they're making connections to their prior knowledge. Beautifully said. Yeah. That's absolutely. the kind of learning that really sticks, right? They 100%. Engaged with what they're looking at. Beautiful. Alexis, thank you so much for talking to us on the on the radio show today. Alexis Nazaravich is the program coordinator uh, for Seven Oaks School Division and the Blue Thunderbird Land-Based Teaching Center. Thank you so much for being with us today, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Take care. Because Radio is produced by the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with 93.7 CJNU-FM. If you'd like to listen to previous episodes or subscribe to our podcast, please visit becauseradio.org.